Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It is so great to be with you today. In today's episode, have you ever walked out of a last 8% situation and thought, geez, that didn't go too well? And even though you worked hard and prepared, after the event you felt, it went, as they say, pear-shaped. It can happen. In these moments, it is very possible to lose perspective and think that everything has gone to crap. Excuse my language. What to do in these moments? That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. What can we do to be more resilient when a last 8% situation goes south? Plus, I will give you the correct starting date for the launch of our last 8% Academy, our digital course, as opposed to the incorrect one I told you last week. Let's walk. Out walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as we are able. At the last 8% morning, if you are new, we walk. We integrate movement and mindfulness and mental training exercises. It is so great to be with you today. So just feel your feet on the ground. Feel your belly rise and fall. Stand tall, look around, feel grateful. If you're having a challenging moment, if that voice in your head is saying a whole bunch of not-so-pleasant things, take this moment to just let go and let be and feel your body, feel your feet on the ground, Feel your belly rise and fall and really arrive in this moment. Let go of thinking and planning and just take this moment to feel your body move. Know that every time we stop and just pay attention, get out of that thinking mind We are neuro-architecting our brain, building these neuro-pathways of being a little less reactive, a little less judgmental. And this is what will help us in those last 8% moments when things can get hot and we have more potential to be reactive or judgmental. So just feel your head and neck. Just tune in to see if there are any sensations present that are pleasant, neutral, or unpleasant. And not trying to change them, just trying to note what's present and welcome them. 
Now feel your whole body. Do you sense in your whole body areas that are calm, neutral, not calm? Just tuning in. Again, not with the intention to push away, but to welcome and be present with. Feeling our hands and arms as we are moving. And if our mind goes off to a thought, a story, a dream, just notice it, let it be, and come back to paying attention on purpose, non-judgmentally. It is so great to be with you today. Where is your mind? It's amazing to think that if you've been a long-time listener, your brain has changed just by listening to this podcast. It's incredible. It really is. That's what's powerful about what we are doing. It's a practice. And with the repetition that we're building in, we start to craft, recraft our brains. How wonderful is that? It's so great to be with you this morning or whatever time you're listening to this. Moving now to our, our idea of the day. In an earlier episode, I described a situation that Pat was facing. You might recall, he had a challenging situation with his business partner that had a significant difference of opinion on the direction of their business. And this for Pat was truly a last 8% situation and he had resolved not to avoid it like he had for a lot of other situations he had faced in his past. And so he worked hard to prepare himself for it. He used his identity statement, decided he was going to step in and think about his daughters as he walked through this situation. And even though they would not be present for the interaction, he was thinking to himself that he was modeling his behavior and decisions for them as if they were there. And the truth is, is that he was, we are constantly modeling for the people, the young people especially, but the people in our lives. As I have to remind myself, our kids might always, might not want to give us any indication that they're actually listening to us, but they are most definitely watching us and modeling their behavior after ours. And they will do the same thing we are doing today, 20 years from today, when they face their last 8% situations. This to me is actually the biggest motivation for why I practice, because I want to be a great model for them. And I'm certainly not a perfect one, but I want to be as good as I can be. And this is what drove Pat. So, you know, he made the last 8% decision about how he was going to 
first the decision that he was making, but then how he was going to approach the situation. And he engaged in a difficult conversation with his business partner. It was not an easy one, but he was prepared and it didn't go too well. In fact, as the Irish would say, it went like shite or it was shite. Given that I'm not Irish, I'm not entirely sure if I'm using this the correct way, but it was horrible. And it really got Pat down. He'd worked so hard to get it right. And it so didn't go right. And he started to get down on himself. Why couldn't he do this? And he even started to think, I can't do anything right. And he became miserable. And he felt in a way like the world was closing in on him. And if you've been there before, I certainly have. This is the experience. You try so hard, it doesn't go well. And then you just feel strong emotions after the fact. And here's the thing, if we don't have tools to manage these emotions after a last 8% situation, there are consequences. We will suffer, right? We will feel hopeless, lose confidence, find ourselves checking out, losing energy and momentum. Last episode, or maybe it was one before, I told you about After a situation that didn't go well for me, I spent the afternoon just watching Netflix in bed. Or it was probably rugby. It was probably all blacks rugby because that's something I'm addicted to. But part of the consequences is if we don't have skills to manage these emotions, there's a greater chance the next time we face a last 8% situation, we will avoid the conversation or decision. And it will affect how people see us and our, it will drive our reputation in their minds. And it will affect how we see ourselves. And it will affect the project we're working on and our results. And we can start to feel depressed and certainly lose resilience. This is what's at stake if we do not have a way, skills and insight to manage our emotions when things go awry in a last 8% situation. Now stand tall, look around, feel grateful. Feel your breath come right down into your toes, calming this body, breathing out, releasing tension. What can we do when this is the case? First and foremost, we need to learn the skills of emotional intelligence. This is the foundation for managing ourselves and being more resilient when we face moments that don't go well. And what's interesting is that we sometimes get it wrong about emotional intelligence, thinking that it's something that we mainly need before the conversation or decision or during the conversation as things get hot. And it makes sense. It is emotions that can cause us to avoid ahead of time. It is emotions that can cause us to lose it when things get hot in the middle of one of these situations, causing us to make a mess. So while we need these skills before and during, we also need them after. 
because having a last 8% conversation is by definition difficult and can cause a significant emotional challenge afterward because the person who we're dealing with might not respond very well. And we can feel upset. We can get overwhelmed by strong emotions. And so we need to have skills to manage those emotions. We can also hear that VOH, that voice in our head that tells us, ruminates, oh, we should have done something different. We could have handled it better. And so we need skills to manage that voice in our head or change our relationship with that voice in our head. In the podcast, there are tools to manage both our emotions and our thinking. Go find them. Because it's perfectly normal if that is what you're experiencing after you've tried to have a last 8% conversation or make a decision. And just remember, it takes time, right? We talked about we're neuroarchitects. It takes repetition, both on the mindfulness side, but the managing emotions side. But the great news is it's absolutely something we can learn and get better at. So what to do after a situation that doesn't go well? We need to rely on our skills of emotional intelligence, and we need to now grow them so that we can rely on them when things go awry. So number one, that's number one. Number two, we need to ask ourselves, is this a big rock or a small rock? <laughs> what does that mean? It means we need to find ways to gain back some perspective. So again, I want you to stand tall, Look around, feel grateful, and just feel your breath come right into your body. Not long after Pat had his meeting with his uh, business partner that didn't go well, he got a call on a Friday morning from his wife Janice and she sounded shaky on the other line, and she told him in a very cryptic way that she was just in a car accident. And she started to cry uncontrollably. In that moment, Pat didn't know how bad it was. And as you can imagine, many things went through Pat's head. Was she all right? Was she seriously injured? And it felt like forever before Janice was able to calm herself down Enough to tell Pat that while she was injured, she was also okay. She was really shaken up. There was extensive damage to the car, but she was fine. And in that moment, Pat felt so relieved. He felt like his whole world had turned upside down for a moment, and the earth beneath him moving like it was an earthquake. And once he found out everything was okay, he felt immense gratitude that Janice was okay. And everything in that moment became clear to him. The worry about the challenge with his business partner, all of a sudden it was not that important. It was a small rock. Yes, a pain in the ass. But in a couple of months or a couple of years, nothing that would probably cause him too much consternation. The health of his wife and his family, that was a big rock. 
Sometimes it takes a situation like this to see the difference between a small rock and a big rock, to be able to see things in their proper proportion, to bring us perspective. Because in that moment, it was clear to Pat what mattered. The question I want to pose to you, though, is do we have to wait until an external event like this happens to gain perspective? Is it possible to get this perspective without this kind of external event happening? Because obviously we cannot rely on this kind of event happening in our life to bring us perspective. And we might not be so lucky as Pat was. So that is the question that I want to ask you right now. And it really comes down to the work we do. I mean, in this podcast, in in our life, the internal work. Do we have skills that we can rely on when things go bad? Do we have a way to regain perspective without relying on external events? We absolutely do. There's no question about that. And one of the real ways that we can do that, and this brings us to number three. So number one, it's the importance of growing our skills of emotional intelligence. And number two, trying to understand what's a big rock from a small rock, gaining perspective. But number three, and this is all about how we can be more resilient, is the value of others or as we like to call it, the power of one. What do I mean by that? Well, one of the ways we gain perspective is by being in relationship with others. When we hear the challenges that others are facing, our heart's natural reaction is to open up. And we see a little bit, the situation a bit differently, with a bit more perspective. This is why we've doubled down on social learning in our last 8% Academy, that digital course that is going to be launching soon. The research is crystal clear that this idea of the power of one, all we need is one other person, just one, who hears us, witnesses us, connects with, with us around a challenge that we are facing for us to regain perspective, to become more resilient. This is what helps us get over the challenging emotions and that voice in our head that can hit us after a challenging last 8% situation can help us deal with the conversation that didn't go well and can help us get us back on track. Phil Jackson, who's a basketball coach, one of the winningest coaches in NBA history, actually, 11-time NBA champion, said, in basketball as in life, True joy comes from being fully present in each and every moment, not just when things are going your way. And one of the ways that we can be present in each and every moment, independent of whether things are going our way or not, is by working with others. Now, This is where it requires us to be vulnerable. It requires us to take a bit of a risk because it just won't happen if we're just talking with someone in a very superficial way. And this is why in the last 8% Academy, 
by the way, which will be launching July 14th, to be exact. I told you the wrong date last episode. July 14th, don't forget that. But this is why in the last 8% Academy, while we learn the core content of the system, you know, on our own, using an app-based kind of micro-learning approach, short bite-sized learning, a real key part is that we join with others in this social learning component. We do it through cohort classes. So over the six weeks, three times, we will be joined, coming together for 75 minutes, every two weeks for 75 minutes. And we'll do two things. Number one, discuss learning that we've had in the micro-learning in small groups, right? Like as a group, rather, and go deeper. So it's just a conversation. That's half of our cohort classes or whatever we're going to call them. The second part is we break people into smaller groups of two where they act as a peer coach to the other person. And this is that really powerful piece, that power of one. And we know, I've said this in the podcast in the past, we know it's going to help us get more out of the learning itself, but it's going to help us be more resilient. The point of today's podcast, right? This is one of the most powerful ways to work through a difficult last 8% situation that goes awry. You hear others who are facing their own challenges and you feel less alone. You know, our world is a bit crazy with social media and everything. We feel like we are alone. We're the only ones challenged with someone at work we don't get along with or a challenge in our home or, you know, a problem with a client. We are not alone. And working with a peer coach who is there just to ask you good questions and be a good listener is a powerful way to get some perspective on the issues that we are facing. We get a better gauge of whether it is a small rock, something we might forget or even laugh about in two years' time, or is it a big rock, something that is truly life-altering that we need to, you know, get some help in our response or, or really think deeply about what we're going to do. And that's what helped Pat gain perspective prior to the accident that Janice had. He talked it out with his peer coach. He gained some perspective. He was able to write himself and keep going. He felt better about how he handled the situation. He realized he did everything as well as he possibly could given who he was dealing with and the incandescent rage. If you remember, that's what this person reacted with. But the incandescent rage that he faced and he felt okay again. Friends, we need to use others in this way. We cannot do it alone. We need others. All it takes is a bit of vulnerability on our part and a structure to make it happen. And that's why, as you can imagine, I'm so over the moon about the last 8% Academy because to me, I can't wait to get people connected as peer coaches and let them grow, not only grow their coaching skills, which they will, but use those skills to help each other gain that perspective and begin again and begin again. That's what life's all about, isn't it? And begin again. We often say that in our mindfulness practice, our mind wanders, begin again. We feel uncomfortable and we have a bit of a reaction to the discomfort. 
or our mind can go off and get hooked by a thought, you know, and get wound up. Can we let that be and begin again? John Whitmore, who's just a a legend when it comes to coaching, said, coaching is not teaching at all. It is about creating the conditions for learning and growing. What a great quote. So as usual, I have loved spending time with you today. Let's move to our three by three. So just feel your breath come right down into your toes. Three breaths. Calming this body. And breathing out, releasing tension. Number two, go into three gratitudes. What are three things you can feel grateful for? I would like to name my peer coach who has done so much to give me perspective as I faced my own challenges. So here's a call out to my peer coach who's a regular listener. And finally, what goals do you want to get done today? What three big goals would make you feel, wow, what a great day. I got something done. So what can you let go of and what can you really get focused on? Three goals. Wonderful. So now let's bring this energy and this momentum into the day. And I'll finish with an Aldous Huxley Huxley quote. So bring this energy into the day. By the way, if you're getting something out of this podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Please share so others can benefit from this. Share on social media. But Huxley said, experience is not what happens to you. It's how you interpret what happens to you. Experience is not what happens to you. It's how you interpret what happens to you. Have a wonderful day.